Welcome. You're listening to a Mr. Thrive Media production. Yes, Chris Malkus is a sexy saxophonist, but even more so, you know, one thing I love that he said in this interview is building the bricks to the great wall of himself. This is a man who, on a regular basis, is producing music. He just recently got accepted to Berklee School of Music, just to tell you a little bit about his talents. I've seen Chris Malkus on a regular basis challenge his craft and make his music unique stand out. For these reasons, he truly is at the heart of what it means to be a music producer. He's an inspiring and motivated guy, but don't get me wrong, that makes him incredibly approachable, as he is one of the most chill guys I have ever met in my entire life. I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview. Also, we got our ice cream social coming up this July 27th at 6 p.m. Pacific Daytime on Zoom. Registration link is in this episode, and it'll be on the Facebook networking group. If you're not already a part of it, join the Mr. Thrive Network on Facebook. As a reminder, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, leave a review. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. You have stumbled upon the Mr. Thrive Podcast, where together we discover emerging artists, music producer, Chris Malkus. Chris, welcome to the show. Stoked to have you, man. Yeah, man. It's great to be here, bro. I like, I really appreciate you like bringing me on. Like it's super dope. It's been a long time in the making and and guys, for those who do not know what Chris Malkus is about, first of all, go follow him on Spotify and go follow him on Instagram. He is making music on a regular basis, producing his own stuff. He's doing it at a consistent rate at a professional level and always challenging his craft. It's really amazing to see how he can go from a jazz sound and the next week it goes into like a hip hop sound and the next week it goes into kind of more of like a, like a pop 2000 sound. And it's, <laughs> it's mind blowing to me, like the kind of music you're coming up with on a regular basis. You belong on here. This is also by the way, in part a thank you for being a volunteer in my committee for the Mr. Thrive network. And I just want to really sincerely thank you for all the hard work you've done and give you the publicity you deserve. You know, dude. so thank you, man. Yeah, man. I got you, bro. I always got you. Dude. You're a homie, man. You're a homie too. And, and you've been there a lot for me. I want to get us warmed up. And this is something new we're doing in season three. If you guys have been listening to the season three of the podcast, you will know we're going to enter our warm up trivia segment. All right. So I found three interesting facts about the saxophone because you're a big saxophonist. Okay. okay and yeah. you got to answer A through D. And if you get it correct, then you get respect points. You get two thumbs up on this podcast, okay? <laughs> How's that sound to you? All right, all right. All right, cool. So question number one. What material are the reeds of saxophones made out of? Easy. Is it cane? Cane. What did you call it? It's cane. It's not cane. It, unless, unless what I'm about to call it is the Latin version. Uh, I just gave it away. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> is it A, bamboo? B, pine, C, arundo donax, or D, aloe? I'm guessing it's arundo donax. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's not what, if you talk to a saxophonist, they'd be like, nah, that's not what. <laughs> that's what Google said. No, am I wrong? <laughs> I guess it's wrong, dude. I don't oh. know. Maybe like, it's like, people just say cane. Like, it's like a type of wood. Um, okay. That's like, grow. it looks kind of like a bamboo, honestly, but it's uh, a little different and it's cut up into pieces yeah right so this is this is a first where i got the question i got the, the the question wrong in the first place so my apologies guys um we'll, we'll give that one to you because you know that like the back of your hand right 
Yeah. Okay, question two. Question two. Hopefully this one's right, although I'm pretty sure it is, okay? Question two. David Bowie, who is considered a prolific saxophonist, was friends with this rock icon when in grade school. Was it A, Elton John, B, Paul McCartney, C, Mick Jagger, or D, Rod Argent? I'm going with Mick Jagger. I'm sorry. That one's it. It's A, Elton John. So Damn it. They went to grade school together, and then um, apparently after Bowie had passed away, Elton John admitted that the two of them actually had a falling out, and they never really spoke after that. And that was like wow. during grade school. So all that time they had kind of spent their careers avoiding each other, which is kind of sad to think about. Damn. Um, so final question. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Saxophones are one of the biggest families in all of instruments. How many different types of saxophones are there? So there's a, Okay. Oh, you go. Yeah, go, go, go. No, no, no. Do you have it freestyle? You, do you know the answer? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, there's technically like more than four, but like a saxophonist, we really just refer to four: it's soprano, alto, tenor, baritone. Like, there's like bigger ones and there's smaller ones, but like, no one be playing that stuff, man. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's it's too big or it's so, too small. Yeah. So that's fair. I went for the for the technical answer, not for the what actually the answer is, like what you just said. Because like you said, there's only really four in use. But my answer is based on the complete number on technical level. Oh, geez. So there's too hear many. Me out. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. You ready? I was mind blown by this, by the way. Okay. We already know it's not A, which is four, right? Is it B, eight, C, 10, or D, 16? 16 correct well done so See, just, there's just too many of i know like there's yeah. it's wild bro <laughs> yeah so here's the complete list okay we know soprano alto tenor and baritone right then we go into bass then there's yeah. sopranino and then there's a c melody and then there's a contrabass saxophone and then there's a sub contrabass saxophone and then there's an F, me- me- F mezzo soprano, and then there's a, a sopranissimo, and then a tubax, a saxello, a cano sax, and a slide saxophone. Like what? Crazy. What bro. are these instruments? Like it's like, that's like, so- like it's okay. It's like basically people trying to like like make the saxophone like different by like adding more to it to the like the family tree of saxophones, but like no one really wanted to use them because they were just useless. Like they just didn't sound good. Like all of them are like, bro, like tenor, alto, like it's, it, they just sound better. And it's just more like some of them are just too small. Some of them are too big. And like the f- end of the day, don't change it if it already works. And so they, everyone right. just ditched the other ones. So don't fix it. If it ain't broke. Exactly. I, apparently though, the ones that are used kind of regularly like the C melody one. I remember reading that the C melody is often used to go along with piano. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and then um, was it the two backs is occasionally brought in and that just has this unique sound at this point because no one really knows what a two back yeah. sounds like. Yeah. I want well, my goal is just like, so my goal is to buy like a two backs one day and then sample it and make it as an 808. I'll be wild. <laughs> wait wait what's an 808 for those who don't oh, know like an myself. 808 is like do you know when you listen to like 
hit a hip hop and you hear that big like thump of like low note, like doom, like that huge, yeah. like, huge fat note. That's yeah. an 808, and it's made by a drum machine, which is basically a synth- synthesizer. Okay. And that's how it produces a low note. It's a sine wave, basically. And okay. But I was like, man, like, what if you just like honk out a note on a two backs and then like put it through a synthesizer and reform this audio and then change it into an 808? That'd be wild. That would be wild. <laughs> wait, wait. So then, is there a technical reason for why it's called an 808? Just curious. It's basically like it came from this term from this Roland. You know, Roland. The make they make the, audio equipment. Yeah, and, I know Roland. Yeah. So yeah, Roland made this uh basically this this type of synth- synthesizer drum machine, and it's called the TR eight hundred eight, and that's what started like the hip hop kind of like music, especially the trap beats you hear nowadays, are come from that same type of sound, and then people refer to that low note as an eight hundred eight as like a nickname. Be like, oh well, that's an eight hundred eight, and so it just it got that label basically. Got it. Got it. That's actually good for me to know. See, that's some good trivia right there that actually has some some facts behind it as opposed to my Latin word in there. I bet you I wonder if that Latin term actually means the very same thing as you said pine or what'd you say? I said cane. Cane. Excuse me. Cane. So see, there I go messing it up again. Um, But Chris, let's go back to you. You're a hardworking guy. One thing that the audience cannot see right now is the fact that you just drank coffee at 8 17 p.m which is which is right now when we're recording this on may 18th 2021 right you just drink a cup of coffee yeah that has caffeine in it you're staying up late you just told me right before the interview you're yeah. staying up till five in the morning because you're a hard working dude yeah you know Tell- I, I i always say if i'm gonna get things done i'm getting it done bro like if if i'm saying i'm getting out like i have clients for music production and i have friends that or just like want, I want to collaborate with or just anything like, oh, I want to get this certain song done. If I set a goal like a week in advance, like I'm going to get this song done by like May 25th, then I'm going to stay up as long as possible until I get it. Because that like consistency of me staying to my word and doing it is what's going to get me like far in the industry, you know? And so even though like, I won't die like not getting it like on time because I'm because my plant clients are super chill. Same with my own music. Like I'm like no one is like forcing me like like oh you gotta do it you gotta do it. But it's like that you're putting yourself at a different standard. You'll be like okay well no matter what happens today I have to get it done. And so that's my mentality with everything I do. I mean it's fair to say you're a motivated guy, but are there moments where you just have a tough time building yourself back up to to complete the job? Yeah, like I feel like sometimes when I like work on music, I'm, it isn't sounding the way I want to. I get frustrated and be like, oh man, like I don't know what to do. Like, what should I do? Like, you know, I think I don't know because sometimes I'm just like stuck on a sound or stuck on a something inside the music where I'm mixing it or producing it. I'm like, this is some, there's something missing or something I got to add. And uh, sometimes I get frustrated. And I think the best way to deal about that kind of stuff, frustration, in any arts or craft or any type of emerging artist that's like trying to per- get to the top of the level, like there will be times where it will be hard and you just got to like kind of just t- take a step back, you know, realize, you know, you know, it's, it's going to come to you, you know, like when I sometimes when I write a song, I'm like, oh, what's that lyric? Like, I can't find lyrics. But it's like, dude, just wait a few hours, maybe get a few drinks, you know, maybe um, just chill for a little bit. I don't know, play some video games, you know, go on a walk. 
and come back to it and be like, oh, wow, I didn't and come back to it and you probably have a better answer, or a better solution. You know, I had that happen so many times. Where I was like, man, like, what's that lyric in that one song? Like, I want to talk about this like subject, but I don't know how to say it in a way that people can relate to. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go call up my friend and hang out with him. And the first thing he said was like, bro, I'm low key depressed. I'm like, dude, that's the lyric of the song. I'm like, shoot, you know, it's just you, you <laughs> not find... even listening to the wealth, the well, the well being of your friend. Just that's my song. That's my lyric. Thanks, bro. Bye. He's <laughs> like, dude, that's it. That's it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go see the therapist. Bye. No, it's funny though. But it, it's funny though because you're, you're, we're talking about things that are mentally healthy for you to step aside from. So, yeah, to yeah. to take that mental health break. Mm-hmm. And then ironically, of course, you know, as we <laughs> joked about blowing off your friend who was suffering from mental health, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of some dark humor in there. Let's pepper <laughs> it in there, right? Yeah. Um, but but then actually using that to to help you sustain some creativity and to, yeah. to build that up and to really build up, you know, some incredible music. So, and and as a music producer, you're kind of doing it all, right? So you are you're coming up with the beats or the the instrumentals, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. In this current stage in your career, you yourself are doing the vocals, yeah, and you're engineering the technicals on the, on your back end there, yeah. So it, it's it sounds like a pretty complicated process that probably you know of what I just explained is probably the extent that everyone can imagine. But what are some of the other parts of this that people don't know about? Yeah, I am um, definitely like it's just like tricky listening because the hardest part is when you're doing your own songs you produce like there's aspect of you're kind of used to your sound and you can't point out the the diff the mistakes some parts technically in your song maybe i can i can judge like oh that vocal doesn't sound good but maybe some like parts of the frequency and there's there's a lot of equal basically a lot of producers and engineers that do equalization which is like turning down some frequencies and changing things just to make it sound like it's gelled together because that's what a, a engineer is supposed to do it's like it's like you have the song but now you gotta glue it all together into some cohesive format and it's just listening it to i would say when i have different hats i put on so when i'm a producer i produce it when i'm an engineer i take off the producer hat put the engineer hat on I'm like, okay from uh a t- technical standpoint houses sound you have to be like very like you can't you can't ju- you can't be like kind of jaded by by your own song in a way you have to really take a step back and listen to it from an engineer standpoint like i remember like i was taking a engineering class music engineering from this website and uh, justin bieber's engineer um goodwin i forgot his la- first name but he was talking about how he enger- engineered justin bieber's song like he was there when he recorded Justin Bieber's vocals, but when he like actually engineered the song post production, he had to take a step back. Okay, like I'm not thinking right now how, how does Justin sound. I'm thinking how the song sounds. You know, how is the vocal sound compared to the drums? How's the vocal sound compared to the guitar? Like taking a step back, that's the hardest part as being of doing everything yourself. You really gotta just take a step back and kind of be not subjective and just listen to everything. You know, it's tough. Totally. Totally. So maybe I'm saying something that's very obvious, but you know, for from from my perspective, the the non-professional person who, you know, did band growing up and 
did a little bit of choir and theater. And to that extent, that's that's all of my musical experience, right? That I just bundled up in the one sentence right there that I just said, right? Mm-hmm. From my perspective, it sounds like all the artist can do is focus on their voice as a musician. But the producer is really about how the music is received from the listener perspective. Is that accurate mm-hmm. or is there more to it than that? Yeah, I think so. I think the job is to just, yeah, like to do that, but just amplify like the artist and song, you know, um, lots of times you have songs that when there, there's already a pre-mix on it and lots of times it sounds good already, but for what it takes for a mixer is to like really bring out the nuances, you know, maybe this artist has a very high voice and some frequencies of his voice are just not um, pleasing to the ear technically. And you just turn those down. And you bring up like certain other aspects of the voice. And so just learning how to like um, bring out certain aspects aspects of artists. And that's actually like really cool for me to learn too. I learn a lot about music with working with a different artist because I'm like, wow, like we're like we're a team. We're working together. And I feel like when you work with when you're always by yourself working by yourself, you kind of get in a rut. And I feel like as I love being a producer and an artist because I get to like collaborate and be like, yo, like, I think this sounds good. Let's try this. Let's do this. So like collaboration is so much fun. And yeah, I mean, that's what a producer is. He's a collaborator with the artist. So it's really cool. I think that is really cool. You're talking about for you personally, and you know, one of your strengths is how you are with people. I think in my opinion, how relatable you can be, how adaptable you are to certain situations and social environments. I imagine that has a deep like a uh, not a deep uh, a very integral role to play when working with a wide variety of artists too yeah for sure um each artist is different you know you you might have like a hip-hop artist like maybe like like talk or socialize differently than like a typical like pop artist that just sings mainstream pop music you know and you have to talk to them like oh maybe they might not know certain terms or might know certain things and you just have to tell them like you know because every genre has its own specific like things in music and they say, you know, you just got to kind of work with it. And being kind of aware of that as a producer is so valuable, you know, being able to work in every single genre, you know, because a lot of producers, they're like, oh, I only make trap beats. I only make hip hop beats. And then what if trap beats are out of style? Now there's a new wave of hip hop. Well, guess what? Now you have now you're stuck because now you don't know what to do. But if you are a very well-versed producer you'd be like oh i make trap beats oh well i can make a mainstream pop beat just give me a few minutes you know i'll make it up you know so it's like that kind of thing you know yeah and i take it that that's kind of what you're going for is the more versatile tool toolkit that you can apply to a wide variety of music which makes you pretty valuable if you ask me Hey folks, we're going to take a quick break. And before we do that, I want to emphasize the fact that because of this pandemic, Mr. Thrive Media realized that we need to do a better job at supporting small business wherever we can. So enjoy. Hey Thrivers, do you hear a certain difference in quality? That's because this podcast quality is made possible by Squadcast. Virtual recordings have become easier than ever with Squadcast studio quality SaaS remote recording platform. This cloud-based technology secures your files and minimizes post-production for all podcast producers. And I should know, because I am one. Heighten the experience of your podcast by clicking the link in the show notes below. This podcast is a Mr. Thrive Media production. 
Mr. Thrive Media builds communities through its content marketing and networking events. During this pandemic, our dedicated team commits to the value of connection by producing podcast content while extending a helping hand towards artists and entertainment professionals. Mr. Thrive Media puts its values first by supporting small businesses and empowering emerging artists. For more information, visit www.mrthrive.com. That's mrthrive.com. Right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the most eccentric personality you've had to work with? I haven't really worked with anyone like bad. Like I don't. Okay. Nah. Nah. Like no, no whack people. Like honestly, like <laughs> I feel like I just don't attract like whack people. And so <laughs> that sounds so weird. I don't attract whack people. No, but like I try to surround myself with like good people and I put myself at a high standard. So like I never really worked with anyone like that. But if I do and it happens, you know, just, you know, just roll with it. You know, like my one of my friends, um, he was an engineer and uh, or he is still an engineer. And he was talking about how he had one client where the guy could not sing and the guy had to make his voice like. He had to like auto tune it so much where he had it sound robotic, and the guy was like, "Oh, I want my my voice layered like fifty times." I'm like you can't layer your voice fifty times when you only sent in one vocal. Like this is not possible. And it's just like some artists they're just not aware of certain things. So he's got like, yo, this is not you know. He's got to tell him you know. Sure, sure. It's a learning experience for the musician as yeah. well as the producer for sure. But I, I imagine at some point you're going to come across a whack person that you didn't know was whack. Because I, I realize part of the reason why that you haven't worked with whack people, right? Like the way you said, right? Uh, it's probably because you have the ability as the producer to say, no, I'm not going to work with you. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? Which I, I don't know how many times you've had to say that to somebody. You know, maybe it's happened, maybe it's not happened. But part of this as well is the fact that there's going to be a point. I can't wait for that story to come by. Maybe we'll do a part two when that yeah. does happen. When that does happen, you tell me that some artist threw a pizza up against the wall and flipped a bitch over something. I come back on the show and please just spill the beans because yeah. we want to hear drama like that. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'll like, I'll spill all the, the, the studio craziness. Right. Right. Well, my roommate, so I just life update on my part is that, you know, I'm, I'm now living in uh, Culver City. I moved here a couple weeks ago. And uh, my roommate has worked with a variety of uh, different artists in his time, right? And so he was telling me, because he used to do music videos, uh, all these different actors and musicians that he's worked with. He did a music video with Kanye West. And so when I talked about throwing the pizza up against the wall, I was kind of taking a story that he told me, where he talked about how in the middle of a lunch, in the middle of one of Kanye West's music videos, uh, Kanye West was having a like a breakdown, like a public breakdown in front in, in front of the whole entire cast and crew, threw pasta up against the wall and said, that's art. <laughs> which you can so see, which you can so see Kanye was doing, right? Dude. So, so, um, you know, I, I'm just thinking to myself that, I'm just thinking to myself that at some point you're going to come across that because you're working with a wide variety of artists. You're going to come across a lot of personalities. That's pretty exciting stuff. I'm very excited for you, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. How did you get into music? Oh man, that's not a long question, but it. I'll make it short. It's like my family, especially my mom's side. My uncle was a violinist, and then I have some other like cousins that were into music, and they were like pianists and stuff. And I was like, 
it came like I started music out of like jealousy. I was like, damn, like I want to be cool. I want to play like music. Like that's so dope. And that music bug just like bit me like so much. We're like to the point where I was like, I don't want to do sports anymore. Like all I want to do is make music because music is dope, you know? And it's like, that's the cool thing to do. You know, my family does it. And it was crazy. It's like, I'm the only one doing it now. <laughs> um, you know, it's because I feel like I was surrounded by music, but also my dad was not musician, but he was really into music. So he was always playing music all the time. He had a record player and I was like, dude, like I was, I grew up with like the Beatles, like Led Zeppelin, like Queen, like that was, that was a stuff for me. Like, but that's what my dad would, that's what my dad was into. So that's what he played all the time. And so the music bud just like kept on going deeper and deeper. And then just, I, now I'm at the point where I'll, all I do is music, you know, because I just love it. it. Makes a lot of sense, and you know, I'm, it's, I'm, I think you found what you're looking for early on, which makes you a pretty lucky guy, if you ask me. There was never a question at all in this journey that you were doing the wrong thing. Did you ever second guess yourself? Um, I don't think so, honestly. Like, it's just like it was so apparent that music was for me. Like, it was just like, damn, like, because I was like analyzing myself like a few weeks ago. I was like, dude. I can't do anything else but music. Like I have no other skills. Like straight up. Like I'm being honest. Like I have no other skills. So like the only option for me, bro, is music. <laughs> I'm thrilled to hear that. I mean, it says so much about your motivation. And I mean, it reminds me of a Will Smith quote where he was asked if there was ever a Plan B, and Will Smith said, "Well, I can't afford a Plan B because yeah. Plan A was always acting, and if I had anything more than a Plan A, that I would just prepare myself to fail." Dude. Will Smith is so motivating. I heard this quote from him. It was like, you, you, um, every day you wake up, you put, you lay down a brick a day of whatever your name. So like every day I wake up, I lay a brick a day of Chris Malkus until I build the great wall of Chris Malkus. There we go. And, and that's like so powerful because like, if you keep on working every day towards your goal, like you're going to get there, like no matter what, like it's just going to happen. Like the universe is just going to conspire towards you and you're going to get there. You know, it's, it's crazy, bro. Like I've been like manifesting. That's wild. Like, I feel like my, like everything is just starting to come together, bro. It's crazy. It's so important to, to keep on building that every single day. Do you take, do you take days for yourself? Do you even do that for yourself? Honestly, not really. I feel like if I don't work on music every day, I feel weird. I feel right. like it's just a part of my lifestyle. So you're always doing a little something, a little adding a little brick to it, no matter yeah. what. And how how often do you personally release music for yourself? Um, I do it monthly. I do monthly. I, every month. I release a song because at the end of the day, that's how you can be discovered. Is you just gotta flood the market with your music. You know, people say, "Well, oh, um, I don't want to release too much music because I'll flood the 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 music market." I'm like, bro, you know how many songs are getting released? Like, you need you need to put out as much music as possible because that's the only way to get heard. You know, like I was listening to this podcast of Russ, the artist, and he talked about he released a song a week, and that's how he blew up. It's because he was consistent, and then he flood the market with his music so that people were like, wow, like he's always coming out with music and consistency, and people started picking up on it. You know, and I, that's how I grew my like audience. I went from like, like I grew like 300 followers in like four months by not promoting. Like I didn't put in plenty ads. All I did was literally just put out my music and just people just started following me just like from there. I mean, I was like, who is this person? You know, it's like, all you got to do is just 
slowly but slowly but surely you'll pick up people you know they'll check out your music you know people are like it's the algorithm you know instagram is gonna take you more seriously when you post more that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff yeah yeah no i I think that makes perfect sense you know you're you're consistently trying to put music out there on a regular enough basis to get heard in the oversaturated market that exists out there for this kind of thing and i'm really glad you mentioned russ by the way because i when i back back in the day when i worked at dave and busters right before i left there was a co-worker actually this co-worker was on my podcast as well if you go back to uh, season one to listen to Corey McKinney Jr.'s episode, uh, he showed me a book uh, that Russ wrote about his whole entire process. And even though I'm a podcast producer slash entrepreneur slash filmmaker, I feel like that's so applicable to what I do today and the things yeah. that I plan to do in the future, you know? Uh, so it's it, it excites me to see all the new potential content creation and films and music that gets that is going to get created left and right uh, there's no more there's no more satisfying feeling than when an artist releases uh new music or, or new content for that matter in general and you see something new that you haven't seen from that person you know yeah like for me uh, the, the most recent album drop that got me the most excited was porter robinson oh dude i love porter robinson he's so cinematic and experimental and 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 uh that that most recent album, I was just listening to it today. For for me, my favorite song is Dulscythe, and that's the song that sounds super fragmented at the very beginning. And every, everything it doesn't sound like a song at first. I think mine and is, just is lifelike. Really, yeah. Lifelike? Lifelike's a good song. Yeah. yeah. I mean every every song in it's a good song. I, I also love uh Do Re Mi Fa Sol La Di Do. I gotta say it really fast. Do re, the Do Re Mi song. I thought I think that's just a fun, cute song. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you know, wind tempos is great. I don't know. The whole thing is just beautiful. He's amazing. Um, um, Porter I, Robinson has made me cry before. I, yeah. I will say that. I I love listening to like music. Like I feel like you can. I can never stop being a fan of music. Even though I create music and like, because some music artists but like, oh, you can't be a fan of some artists. Like nah, bro. Like you can you can fan out. Like if I met Porter Robinson, you know, I'll go crazy. Be like yo, bro. yeah. Like you inspired some of my productions. Like shoot, sure. Is there, is there, well, first of all, let me ask you this in, in terms of you as a listener, not as a producer, but as a listener, are you, a, are you a song listener or an album listener? Ooh, singles for sure. I just singles. like, yeah, I mean, I'll listen to an album, but like, I don't know. It's just like certain albums I'll listen to I'm like, oh, it's good, but it's hard for me to sit down and listen to an album. Cause like there's certain songs that album I really like. And I just don't want, I don't want to listen to the whole thing. I just want to pick out the songs I like. Um, I know a lot of people do that. I think that's like the new wave of music. Um, I know the old school way is how you listen to the album. But, you know, I just, I think a lot of people, especially including me, like I just like listening to songs that I attach to the most and I put that in my shuffle playlist. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Is there, is there a single in particular that stands out to you? that you either want to aspire to or hope to accomplish that same feeling when you release singles yourself? Yeah, I think mm, that's a tough one. I really like the song Serious by Russ. That song is really good. It's He sampled this Jagged Edge song. If I don't know if you know Jagged Edge. He's a, it's an R&B no, what is that? Group. It's an R&B group. Um, okay. But yeah, it's a really good R&B song, Serious by Russ. You should check it out. 
I am going to check it out. I I don't know that song. And I need to explore more Russ because that's an artist that I do not know enough about. And, you know, from what I understand, he's an impressive individual who's accomplished a lot. And how how long would you say? Was it was it a a full lifetime or was it a short period of time? What 12, 12 years? He started he started making beats at like from I heard like at at like 13 and they just kept on making beats and beats and he and he, and he talks about a lot but like it's okay to suck you know you got suck for a while to be good like i don't think my music is like crazy like i think my music is, is, is good like i think i'm like i'm confident in myself i'm good but i don't think i'm like good to like the standard of like what's being put on the radio but doesn't mean i can't get there you know you, you gotta work your way up you know like you, you didn't like Kobe didn't just become a legend overnight. He like worked hours in the gym. You know, you got to put if you want to be the best of your craft, you got to put in the hours. So let's just just do it. You know, there we go. There we go. I love it. And it's all about having good ethic. It's all about, you know, making sure that you apply consistency to your routine and really just following through with the goals that you've set for yourself. Um, I'll tell you one thing that when this year started, this is one of the first years I actually ever wrote down my goals. Uh, I learned that some, something like 90% of people out there do not write down their goals, but a hundred, like, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm probably getting these statistics totally botched up. So just, just be patient with me for one second. It's something like, it's something like, you know, 90% of people take new year's resolutions seriously. And then like, there's like an 80% of people that say they're going to follow through with them, but then only, five percent of people actually write down their goals and the five percent of people who write down their goals actually accomplish them yeah so so, something some crazy margin like that i i don't remember the exact numbers so you know forgive me for those who are laughing at me and shaking their heads at home but i'm thinking to myself that that this is kind of one of those things that you're talking about where following through and, and really coming down to the to the brass tacks of like i love the way you put it building your brick one uh, sorry building your wall one brick at a time yeah and I'm, I'm excited to see the chris malchus wall for sure yeah um what would you say is one of the biggest goals you want to accomplish this year with your music aside from the fact that you are now a student of berkeley college of music congratulations man thank you man thank you oh man my biggest goal is to just reach ten thousand streams like that if i can get that this year that's that'll be such a big momentum because i always think as, if you're trying to be su- successful anything you got to chase momentum like hard you got to chase it every little bit that's going to bring you forward you know if there's a new song that's coming out by justin bieber you gotta you gotta make a cover the week it came out on youtube so that you can get people to come in and check out your cover and then take the the people that check out your cover and lead them to your original music so like my goal is just build the audience and just get more streams. Like my goal for my YouTube is I want to get to like 2000 this year. Um, you know, keep going. Like I start, I I don't have much. Like I fit like 50 subscribers, but like, you know, it's, you got to start from somewhere. Like my goal is to get to 2000, get to 10,000 streams, um, get to like 2000 IG followers. Like just like small little goals. Like saying, I don't want to be like, cause some people, some people, they, they overestimate what they can do. And when you're like, they'll be like, oh, well, um, I got to get to 10,000 followers on IG in one year. Well, that's hard. You know, that's, I mean, unless you get lucky and someone shouts you out, that's famous. But like just setting small little goals, you know, and putting that people un- tend to overestimate what they, they can achieve in one year. 
but they underestimate what they can achieve in five years. So you you got to think in the long run, you know. I love it. I love it. And, you know, when it comes to music, I personally don't know as many motivated people like you. So, I mean, this has been a super inspiring conversation, and I'm just so excited to see what you're going to do at Berkeley College of Music. So congratulations, man. Speaking yeah. of getting those followers, for anyone listening to this podcast, how are they going to reach out to you if they want to communicate with you, collaborate with you, follow you, su- subscribe to you? What's the best way to reach out to you, man? Dude, just um, check out my IG. It's Chris Malkus Music. And if you just go on there and you look me up, I'm on there. And I have all my link tree and everything on there. So you can check it out. And I have some like snippets of covers and snippets of music on my IG. So you can like peep it before checking out my real stiff stuff. So yeah. There we go. All that information will be displayed in the show notes of this episode. And finally, Chris, the question I ask everybody on this podcast, what will you be famous for? I'll be famous for like music production and songwriting, like straight up, you know. Chris Marcus, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. It's fantastic to have you. Thanks. You know, I really appreciate it. You know, it means the world to me. Thank you for listening. This podcast releases bi-weekly on Fridays. To attend one of our networking events, visit the registration link in the show notes or go to www.mrthrive.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Email chaz at mrthrive.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.